Bunker Banter! We are back on this colossal Thursday, opening day, sing-along across the street at the church, and of course, the Masters. I am here, as always, with my pal, the Chief, Dennis Dungy. Denny, how are we doing this morning? We're doing fantastic, Timmy, as you said. A jammed pack Thursday here. Uh, I was actually a little shocked to hear your intro there, a little on the, the happy-go-lucky side, but I know you're a little disappointed. The Yankees game postponed to tomorrow. We we're going to do a little cookout here, some waffles and ice cream for opening day, Yankees opening day, and the Masters. Uh, so I think we're holding that off till tomorrow, but obviously, as I said, MLB opening day today. Uh, NCAA tournaments wrapped up earlier this week, and, and obviously the unofficial start to spring here in the Northeast the Masters. 25 years ago, Tiger won his first by a record 12 shots, and he's back in the field this week, so we'll talk about that here shortly. Uh, we have special guest on, uh, PJ Hope Ambassador here for the Connecticut section, Ralph Mayo Jr. Uh, but we got a couple section topics to discuss here real quick before we start bantering. Yeah, for sure. We have a lot to cover, but we'll start here with the spring meeting. Obviously, everybody knows from the emails that we've sent out uh, over the last few weeks, April 12th, next Tuesday, it's already upon us, Golf Club of Avon. Uh, the meeting will start at 8.30 and conclude at noon. Uh, we do have some optional golf afterwards, a little foundation versus first tee uh, golf game going on there, Team Stableford, so that'll be fun. Uh, but again, sign up right on our website or click on the link on the emails that you've received. Uh, last, last call for the, for the meeting there. We're up to about, I think, 80, part or 80 coming, including some guests as well. Uh, so again, always, always nice to see everybody. We haven't had an in-person spring meeting since uh, pre-COVID time, so it'll be nice. So we'll networking, uh, kick off the season with everything that's, that we have going on. We'll have some, I think we're going to do maybe some panel discussions, but uh, certainly worthwhile for you to come on out. And if you can stick around and play golf, that's great too. So again, ctpga.com under the member programs. You can hit the spring meeting button and register there. So get in while, uh, while the getting's good. Yeah, don't, don't be that person that gives us a call here in the office on Monday and says, hey, I forgot to sign up for the spring meeting. Uh, we've had plenty of communication out there. So uh, looking to give Avon our final numbers tomorrow. So please register today. If you're listening in, uh, and I think there's rumor going around that the Bunker Banter crew may make a special guest appearance uh, that's there. That's what I heard, Danny. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see where that, uh, where that goes. Uh, obviously, uh, event registration, as we mentioned on some past shows, has been open. Senior Open's filling up quickly. I know the junior events are filling up pretty quick, the DCPs and the, and the likes of that. Spring Pro Pro, right around the corner, May 2nd at... Tumble Brook Country Club. Looking forward to that uh, fun opening event. Tuesday, I had the opportunity to, I was invited to the District 1 meeting. Northeast New York, New England and Connecticut section officers and EDs uh, were there discussing some business and operations, uh, foundation stuff, the new regional model. Uh, and they had the candidates on, uh, had an opportunity to kind of chat with them a little bit. It was uh, a great meeting, organized and, uh, organized and ran by our very own section honorary president and district one director ian marshall so that was it was a fun to be a part of that and a lot of good things coming out of all three sections moving forward uh, and then uh, last but not least on the section side of things here 
Uh, we have PJ Hope instructor training Monday, April 18th. Again, it's kind of a full day thing, but gives you the opportunity to teach and coach at the PJ Hope programs. Doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, um, but I think it's a valuable experience for anybody that goes through it. Um, obviously, I can talk to them blue in the face about it, but uh, we do have, uh, as I talk, talked about in our opening there, uh, a special guest, and that's going to segue us right into that. Uh, Ralph Mayo Jr. was selected last year as our PJ Hope Ambassador, went down and spent a weekend at Congressional Country Club and was part of the National Golf and Wellness Week. So he, we, he visited us here in the office uh, last week or the week before to talk all things PJ Hope, and I had a little discussion with him, asked him a couple questions about the program, and uh, he, here's what he had to say. We have with us today Ralph Mayo, PGA Hope Ambassador for Connecticut Section. Ralph served one year in the Army Reserves and then transferred over to the Marine Reserves. He joined us in the spring of 2021 for the PGA Hope program, had no golf experience, but left week one, returned for week two and three with a smile on his face and had some additional PGA Hope recruits for us. He returned again in the fall of 2021 to continue his golf experience with PGA Hope. Ralph, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with PJ Hope and what it's really meant to you? Well, it's it's um, literally everything to me right now. I, I look forward to each session. It's common, soothing, it's peaceful. It's 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 therapeutic to to my mental health actually. I like recruiting the other vets to to come out and get the same experience that I had. Awesome. Well, it's been a great pleasure having you as part of the program. Uh, you were nominated by the section after your two experiences with PGA Hope and ultimately selected to participate in PGA Hope National Golf and Wellness Week down in D.C. Uh, you were one of 20 to attend the experience, which included golf, playing and instruction, and wellness, as the title of the event alludes to. Uh, tell us a little bit about that weekend. I know you spent some time with Larry Nelson and some, uh, and some other vets down there, but what was your experience like down there? Well, I got to spend some time with the other vets from the, from the other sections in the same ambassador role as I am. That that was cool. I like that. Um, we went to the uh, Republican Capitol Hill Club. That's where we met Larry Nelson. He was a nice guy. I liked him. He had some stories. I'm sure some good ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could remember them all right now. But um, yeah, it was it was an experience meeting him, and uh, we got to play Congressional Country Club. Also, East Potomac Golf Club. And I'm sure Congressional was a fun experience. I, I think you told me you played with a couple of the uh, supporters of the event. Yes. Uh, uh, sponsors. Guys from the Toro Corporation. They were my, my partners for the day. Nice. Made a couple names. birdies. <laughs> I actually did. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> birdies are always good. But yeah. as you said, just kind of getting out on the golf course is a good experience for uh, for yourself and your fellow veterans and that's really what this program is all about is kind of helping with you know assimilate back into life after the military so uh, i know you enjoyed that experience down there finishing up our, our brief session here uh, you officially became a pj hope ambassador after that session down at national golf and wellness week so as the pj hope ambassador for connecticut what what exactly are your roles well, uh, to promote PGA Hope programming to the other veterans in my community so that they have the same experience as I did. 
and to um, help promote fundraising to the professionals that are listening to register for the Patriot Golf Days. It gives vets like me a chance to uh, participate in HOPE. We want to certainly get the section professionals to have their facilities sign up. 100% of the funds raised Memorial Day weekend stay within the section boundaries. 50% goes to the Folds of Honor. 50% stays here in this, uh, the section foundation to help PGA HOPE programming. So uh, as Ralph said, let's get these golf professionals signed up. Know that the money you are raising is helping veterans like myself to learn the game of golf. Golf has changed my life. I never thought about golf until now, and it has truly become a part of my lifestyle. I mean, I actually have a closet full of polos now. A whole closet full? A whole closet. <laughs> <laughs> it has helped me cope with things from my past, so I am forever grateful that I have found PGA Hope. Well, Ralph... We're grateful you found PGA Hope as well. Uh, I personally think it's one of the best programs the PGA of America has put out, and we look forward to having you as the ambassador moving forward. And I would say anyone in the veteran community that's listening, please don't hesitate to reach out to Ralph on his social media page. He's on Facebook at PGA Hope, parentheses, Connecticut section. To the section pros listening, as we just alluded to, get yourself and your facilities registered for Patriot Golf Days. And all others that are listening, if you're looking for a great program to support, PGA Hope is changing lives one swing at a time. And these men and ladies that have donned the uniform to protect yours. Ralph, thanks for joining us today. And as always, thank you very much for your service to our great country. You're welcome. Good stuff there from uh, Ralph Mayo. And again, you know, Dennis says it all the time, but, you know, PGA Hope is probably the best thing we have going here. In the section and obviously uh, nationally under the PGA Reach umbrella, uh, always great to support the veterans and really see the benefits that they get and how much uh, it, it impacts their lives on a weekly basis. So we'll keep expanding there. Transitioning from section things, uh, PGA Hope and all that stuff, we'll get right into some of our banter. As Dennis alluded to, we have a lot going on here. Let's, let's wrap up uh, college basketball because that's been kind of on the top of our show the last probably month with everything that's been going on. And, you know, I, I think we'll start with, let's start with the Lady Huskies here. I watched both the Final Four game and obviously the final over the weekend. And, you know, it's, it's, we talked about it and how insane their stretch is of making the Final Four in 14 straight years and all the great things that that program has done. But I gotta say, I wasn't really that impressed with them over the weekend. I thought that they were trying to give the game away uh, to Stanford in the Final Four, and then the woes just continued with their turnover issues. And you know, AZ Fudd was kind of sick, so she didn't score. And you know, Paige was clearly banged up in the finals, and they just they they kind of lost uh, all their mojo there. And uh, you know, uh, South Carolina was clearly the better team. Yeah, and I think just going back to the final four game, the semifinals there, um, you know, Paige Beckers was playing in front of a hometown crowd, which I thought had to be pretty exciting for her. Uh, but, you know, as you said, both teams struggled getting the ball in the hoop. I think UConn, the women played a pretty good defensive game, but obviously you got to score to win. What I saw that it boiled down to was, uh, you know, Stanford was four for, 20, four for 23 from behind the arc, and UConn made some foul shots down the line, which helped them advance to their first national championship since 2016. Uh, and then, like you said, in the championship game, I think they were just overpowered. I think they ran out of steam there. You know, a couple of the players sick. As you said, AZ Fudd and, and Williams didn't score until very, very late in the game. I think South or, uh, 
yeah, South Carolina was uh, plus 25-ish on the board. So they were just they were just getting manhandled in the paint there. So uh, considering all things that happened to them this year, uh, you know, I think they could consider that a great season. Uh, they got a lot to uh, a lot to look forward to into the future. So for sure, yeah, no, all all positive things. I don't think they're expected to uh, make the run that they did, honestly. And they, you know, getting to the finals this year was almost a, a positive. So definitely a successful year for the Lady Huskies. And on the men's side, it was you know Duke Duke UNC. That was kind of the the game of the weekend. I thought. I mean, obviously the final was was great as well. But I thought that Duke UNC game was was something to, to watch and obviously sending coach K home with the, the Carolina loss was devastating for him uh, you know losing the last home game to Carolina and then again in the final four but uh, that game was that game was special I thought yeah that was that was a fun one to watch I, I definitely turned that one on I missed the I caught the tail end of the first game uh, between Kansas and Nova and, and Villanova definitely missed Justin Moore they were undersized um, so you know, Kansas advanced. Uh, by the way, I did have them to win it all. And I think I looked at my points and I was three points off of the total score. So wow. unfortunately, the left side of my bracket was destroyed. Uh, yeah, I don't think I had anybody <laughs> even in the Elite Eight. But yeah, uh, yeah the Duke-UNC game, two-storied programs for sure. First meeting in the NCAA championship. Which, which blew was, my mind. Yeah, yeah. That, that was wild. It was worthy of a national championship game, though, for sure. Um, even though it was only the Final Four game. Caleb Love, second half, unbelievable. Again, they missed some crucial free throws down the stretch there. Interesting note, you talked about UNC uh, beating them in the final ACC game and then the the Final Four there. They said during the broadcast that UNC handed Coach K his first loss as a head coach and his last loss as a head coach. So uh, pretty interesting a statistic there and then the, the championship game uh, certainly a tale of two halves that was pretty wild to watch I actually dozed off a little at halftime and woke back up and it was a game you and everybody so, else yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the uh, 9 30 start time there was a killer day. Oh, yeah killer I was uh I was in the middle of my fantasy baseball draft for the first half so I was half paying attention and was debating the old you know UNC's dominating we'll see how it goes and I obviously stuck around and watched the whole game but like you said it was it was a close game, but it almost felt like it wasn't because, you know, UNC just pure dominated them in the first half, and I thought Kansas did the same in the second half, and they realized, oh, yeah, we are best when we are running the floor and playing fast, and UNC had no answer, and I think you saw some of the reason why UNC struggled a little this year, and, you know, they seemed like a team who obviously have a lot of talent, but, I mean, some of their turnovers were brutal, and they seemed like they just came down offensively on a few possessions and just had no plan and just launched up 30-foot downtown threes early in the shot clock that just continued to kill them. Yeah, and in the end, uh, you know, Kansas fought back. I think the largest comeback in the history, and they're national champs, so congrats to them. And again, you know, big congrats to the UConn women on their successful season, uh, even though it didn't end with a championship trophy, but uh, a lot to look forward to there. Uh, You want to transition into some MLB. Do you got any MLB news? I don't really have anything. Philly's home openers tomorrow, just like the Yankees. So looking forward to that. As I always said, the real men wear red pinstripes, uh, but looking forward to baseball season. Yeah, no, I think uh, opening day obviously here was dampened a little bit by the postponement of the Yankee Red Sox game. Uh, Philly's kicking it off tomorrow. Do have the Mets tonight if they do play, and you know, even a bummer there. No DeGrom pitching with his 
injury and have no idea when he's coming back. So you kind of feel for uh, the Mets fans and really baseball as a, as a whole with, you know, the best pitcher in baseball being sidelined uh, indefinitely. But, you know, I'm, we've talked about it so much on the show. I'm excited for baseball. I know you are as well. So uh, that'll continue to be highlighted in our bunker banter as we move through the summer months as, you know, each, each of these sports kind of dwindles down and baseball officially takes the stage. But yeah, we are definitely grilling tomorrow. Doing burgers, dogs, might even get some pork roll in there, Denny. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll wow, do a we're little, doing big things we're doing here big at the section office. Come on by if you're in the area. You are in the area around noon tomorrow. Come on by and get yourself a nice uh, burger. We'll have the Masters going. We'll get the Yankee game going at uh, 1 o'clock, so it'll be a good kickoff there. But uh, I think we'll, we'll get right into the Masters here and... You know, I watched some of the coverage last night, saw obviously the storms yesterday, and it was uh, good that they got at least a lot of the par three in, or more than I think uh, they thought they would get in, and, you know, watched some coverage today. We got our green jacket behind us. I got my master's hat on. You're wearing a very green pullover <laughs> right now, and I think we're excited here for the masters. Yeah, the masters, you know, this is one of my favorite events, if not the favorite. Uh, obviously, the return of Tiger Woods. I think is great for the game, but you know I, I will say a lot of hypes around him, and and there's a lot of other storylines going on. Uh, just the leading into the Masters, I mean JJ spawned last week at the Valero uh, with his first win, and he started his round with a double bogey. I don't know if you saw that his final round with a double bogey, but bounced back and earned his way into the Masters. The obviously the Masters weekend kicked off with uh, the the women's amateur. Uh, 16-year-old one there shooting a final round 69 and ended up being the only player under par, Anna Davis. Junior then, champ, too. Yeah, junior champ. And then um, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the drive, chip, and putt. I know that's kind of in your realm. Uh, but pretty couple pretty cool stories coming out of there, and one of them being the story of Autumn Soulsby. I don't know if you saw that, the 9-year-old that won her division. Uh, she was adopted two years ago and just took up golf. Uh, last year, I think. And I did see that, yes. So she went on and advanced through each stage in her first attempt and ended up being the champion of the nine-hole division. So a pretty cool story there, uh, again, coming out of the DCP. So Yeah, DCP was cool. Uh, I was kind of following some of the uh, kids that we put through from our regional, the Northeast kids, and unfortunately none of them fared so well. But again, cool to see people that we had at our competition over there at Augusta. Uh, the format's a little different for the final, where they just kind of take the best uh, best shot there. So uh, a lot of pressure on those kids, but again, an experience that they're never going to forget. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to uh, our DCP season again here, uh, coming up here shortly. But yeah, I mean, the Masters is, you know, unlike anything, uh, anything out there, I think. And, you know, people around the... You know, I went to the Bulky Waste the other day, and the guy's asking me about the Masters. I went to... You know, the, the gardener's market down the street, and the dude's asking me about the Masters and Tiger. So I don't think any other golf event brings in as many, I'll call them random people, as, as this tournament. And certainly Tiger being back in the fold adds to that uh, luster. But I think it's a pretty open event. I think the odds makers think it's a pretty open event. Right now, as of this morning, it was, I think, Rom and JT were the leading... Uh, favorites but i think it's kind of all over the place and personally uh, a healthy kepka a healthy kepka is i'm taking him healthy kepka in a major why not 
All right. How about a dark horse? You have a dark horse? Mm, I haven't really thought about the dark horse. I was uh, I was thinking more of the favorite, my my pick. So you, it sounds like you have a dark gotcha. horse. I, I've got a pick. I've, I've actually got I got four names that I'm looking at. All right. I like Cameron Smith. The guy's hot, and as the late great Stuart Scott used to say, this guy is cooler than the flip side of the pillow. Yeah. He's gonna be relaxed out there. He's got the short game to do it. I, he goes out there, nothing bothers him. So. Uh, I like Cameron Smith. I also like Jordan Spieth. Uh, he put together. He didn't putt very well at the Valero, but uh, he put together some stellar play the last day, I think. Uh, but he's always in the mix at the Masters. He seems to be comfortable there, so I, I like him. And then my dark horses. Uh, I like Will Zalatoris coming back after a strong showing last year. Hasn't played all that well this year. He's, you know, been in the mix a little bit, but I think he's comfortable there. So. Uh, weather conditions obviously going to have a huge effect, um, and then my other dark horse is Sam Burns, rookie. But yeah. The guy's on fire. Uh, the last first timer to win 1979 was Fuzzy Zeller. Maybe it happens this year in 2022. You never know. We got four days of golf to watch, and uh, should be exciting. Do we think Tiger is going to compete and play well? Do we think he's going to make the cut? What are we What are we thinking out of Tiger? Uh, listen. I, I strongly think he's going to make the cut. I think he may have a chance to compete. I don't think he would play if he didn't have that opportunity because that's the type of person that Tiger is, his personality. It, it'll be fun to watch. I, I just hope for everyone's sake it's fun to watch Tiger, but I hope they show everybody, and typically for the Masters they do. Uh, and it's great that the full capacity of fan base is back there. And, and totally agree. That's, that's going to make for good TV. Totally agree. I know uh, I've had a couple members reach out to me. I know that they stopped by. I know uh, our pal Dan DeRico actually stopped by on his way home from uh, from where he was in Florida. Uh, I think Jonathan Pinto is also down there. Um, so, uh, you know, again, as a perk to a PGA member, I mean, I don't think it gets much better than having access to the most exclusive golf event, one of the most exclusive sporting events there is. So, Certainly, if you have not taken advantage of that as a PGA member, I would highly encourage Thanks for encouraging me, Timmy. I'll, yeah, I'll take get down next, there. I'll take a week off next year and I'll head down there because I haven't been down there yet. And we'll a trip do, down Magnolia uh, Lane would be fantastic. We'll do a bunker banter live from... I'll be outside of the gates and then you can you can do it inside the gates. But I don't, I don't think Perfect. Tom has been either to the Masters and Tom was, yeah he well I don't know that he's been to the Masters I know he was down there for the drive the DCP, put, yeah. so yeah yeah um, but yeah I, I'm looking forward to it I told my wife I was going to go next year and she wasn't all on board but I will see I have a year to, to tweak that so yeah uh, you gotta make just, that happen <laughs> <laughs> still uh, still in the golf space uh, a little bit of somber news here maybe uh, but I don't know uh, I'm sure some of our seasoned or veteran professionals here in this section uh, knew or knew of uh, Mike Ballow Sr. and what he meant to the golf community. Uh, unfortunately, Mike passed away uh, earlier this week. He was a inducted into the Connecticut Hall of Fame, Connecticut Golf Hall of Fame uh, last year. Was at Woodway Country Club down in Darien, Connecticut for 55 years. Uh, began there at age seven as a caddy and then transi- transitioned his way up the ranks to being the head golf professional uh, when he retired. Uh, was a great mentor, and uh, over his career, one of the notes they had in his obituary I thought was pretty interesting, that over his career, every first assistant that worked for Mike went on to a head professional job, which kind of speaks volumes. 
won several events, most notably the Connecticut Open in 69 and 1978, which was a great year. That was when I was born. But I, I know Michael Jr. and uh, Peter, his two sons. Uh, they're great guys as well. So we just pass on our condolences to the Ballow family there. Uh, obviously a big loss in the golf world here in Connecticut. And then I guess closing out on a positive note, uh, Connecticut native Rob LaBritz finished fifth place, top five finish at the Champions Tour event last week. So it's great to see him having that continued success out there. We've talked about him a little bit uh, on the show and certainly wish him well. Absolutely. Rob's a uh, great dude and he's played in obviously some of our events and you know, did the, tour, the whole media tour after he, you know, qualified for uh, the Champions Tour there. Uh, so continued success for Rob, uh, definitely. It's awesome to see him living out his dream, as he's said so many times. But uh, I think that's about all we have today. I think we're going to get back to watching some uh, some Masters coverage here and trying to do a little bit of work. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap up on that note. We hope to see everybody at the spring meeting next Tuesday at Golf Club of Avon. That's all we got. Just make sure to follow us, as always, Apple Podcasts. Download it there. Uh, Bunker Banter on Instagram. See ya and enjoy the Masters.